a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The reason is because you don't have the sacraments. See? Yeah. I mean, once you don't have the sacraments, then basically everybody's a pastor. Because that's what a pastor is, a guy that's there to preach the gospel and administer the sacraments. Once the sacraments cease to mean anything in your theological construct, then ministry becomes something different than the giving out of God's gift of forgiveness. The reason why we go to church is not to hear about how we have to go out and, and be missionalists. The reason we go to church is to get the forgiveness of our sins. That's why Jesus instituted the church. And I think that's the point. See, when a pastor considers this option of, hmm, maybe I'll substitute these parts of the liturgy, the, the question before him should not be, will it win more people over? The question before them should be, would this deliver Christ in a better way than it already does? And the parts of the liturgy are direct quotes from Holy Scripture. And I don't think that you can improve upon the delivery of Christ uh, from them. I mean, just imagine the next radical that shall be even more radical. This will be the book that I'm going to write. Even more uh, radical. What part of cutting off your hand is unclear in the Bible? <laughs> if you still have two hands, you show yourself to be a false disciple of Jesus. <laughs> Keeping suffering in perspective, this is Table Talk Radio, and uh, we have a great show the in store for you. Suffering for this present hour is cannot be compared to the glory that will happen <laughs> I when mean, this show is over. Next time you're you're um, providing a little pastoral care to someone in in great suffering, and say, "Well, hey, look, it could be worse. You could be listening to Table Talk Radio." <laughs> By the way, you want to know what happens? If I type in quick a buzzword on our Table Talk Radio Facebook page, when the bump music starts to show, by the time we get to the end, there are one, two, three, four, five, seven fantastically helpful buzzword suggestions. Okay, give me one. Go. Perdition. Ooh. That's the first one. That made it. That was there within five seconds. Boom. I'm telling you, man. You our Facebook define it? group does not mess around. Perdition means... Uh, Oh, someone just put poodle. That doesn't count. <laughs> Look at this. Ex corde, means of grace, ecumenical, annihil annihilationalism, Hosanna, and poodle. <laughs> Demonology. They're still rolling in. Now, perdition is a, a, really another way of talking about the uh, uh, eternal state of damnation. It's hell. It's, uh, it's punishment for our sins. Uh, how, how would you... Uh, the state of eternal punishment. That's the definition of the thing. Hey, look at this. You know, if you put the thing on, uh, which I just did, on the Google, it gives you a definition, and then it says word use over time. Nice. Have you seen that graph? It looks like perdition was most popular in a, right about the year 1830, and it, it, is, it has experienced a steady decline until about 2000, and now it's on an uptake. Oh, good. <laughs> Apparently, we're talking about perdition more now nowadays. Huh. That's I've good never news. Seen that before. <laughs> All right, sure. um, I'm going to steal one of your buzzwords. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Nope. This is our Facebook page buzzword. It's not mine. It's the you're you're going to use our Facebook page comments. Is I, what's I, about to happen? I think you're expecting here. me to object to this, but I'm not. Um, okay, so my <laughs> theological buzz phrase for you is ex corde, which is Latin meaning out of the heart or from the heart, um, out of the heart. I guess I don't know my Latin prepositions. Um, 
And this is the this is the idea that uh, when one would speak or say a prayer, they'd be doing so uh, from the heart, uh, with you know great sincerity, et cetera, et cetera. Um, maybe in contrast, to this would be X paper. <laughs> what's what's Latin for paper? Her <laughs> book. Know. Anyway, uh, the idea that you'd be uh, maybe reading a prayer that is um, that is written down or or written previously, something like this, um, and the assumption is by some that a prayer that is ex corde from the heart is more sincere than a prayer that you read out of a book or out, that's been previously written, uh, or it would even count more <laughs> towards uh, to God. Or somehow that the, the prayers that are already written just don't count at all. Um, this of labellus, course, according to Google, the way to say book is labellus. Ex labellus. <laughs> I just made that up. That latter one. But I'm anyway, gonna uh, I'm going to get bonus points for using that. But you hear you Ex hear this, don't labellus. you? So this spontaneity is somehow an indication of the spirit moving or sincerity, uh, which is not true. Look, I I can pray a. Uh, a prayer that has been previously written and mean it with all sincerity. Are you ready? Yeah. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, et cetera, et cetera. So, so you see that um, that even Jesus tells us to pray a prayer that's already been been written beforehand. Okay, that's it. All right. All right. So what we're doing ex in today's labellus. it was probably it, everything started ex corde, but then it became ex labellus. All right. I'm gonna Some try point. to I'm gonna try to use both of those. I'm actually gonna try okay. today. Okay. I'll get effort points. <clears throat> so what we're doing in today's edition of Table Talk Radio, we're going to just kind of play some fun video with uh, Jim Gaffigan talking about food, God, and fatherhood. Kind of interesting. We'll talk a little bit of religion as that uh, uh, progresses. And then we're going to be playing Name That Church Body. And then we have, oh, something new and exciting to announce to our listeners. We'll hold you in suspense Oh yeah, uh, for that. Something old, something new, something blue. Something flavored with garlic. All right, you ready, Doctor Seuss? Four things you need. That's a that's a wedding thing. Something old, something new, something blue. I don't remember our DJ ever bringing that up at our wedding. Well, look, it was there. It was in the background. It was it was <laughs> what gave it the depth to the DJ. Ah, I see. I see. <laughs> okay, so what I'm about to play for you is an interview with uh, Jim Gaffigan on a show called the Funniest Man Alive, by the way. Context um, with uh, Lorna. Canuck, <laughs> who's Canadian, um, and which which is hilarious because um, they actually don't have sense of sense of humor in Canada. So right. uh, this is going to be great. So here is an interview with uh, Jim Gaffigan, which I'd like just to play and respond to. So are you okay. a foodie? No, no, I'm not a foodie, and that's not. The, I don't define what a foodie really is. Well, how I understand a foodie is someone that. Um, enjoys understanding and sampling new dishes and going He's on even funny when he's not trying to be. Adventures. I know. <laughs> I'm a little too lazy for that. And I'm not bored with regular food. So I'm not interested in trying a Japanese taco. I'm I just want a hamburger and I and I don't want to go on an adventure to get it. I want the closest <laughs> best burger. Okay, you don't like recommendations from skinny people about no, where well, you, why? I just, I just think it's it's odd how we take food advice, even from a waiter. I mean, we don't know them. They're essentially a stranger, but I do that. I'm like, you don't know me. What should I eat? You know? But skinny people, I just think, how enthusiastic can they be about food if they're not overdoing it, right? I'm not saying that we should let 
I'm not going to take advice from a morbidly obese person because they obviously will eat anything. But I'm saying <laughs> that like someone that kind of overdoes it, like me, is probably great at advice. Well, that brings us to your book, Dad is Fat, a great New York Times bestseller. Where does Dad is Fat come from? Well, Dad is Fat is, it's really interesting. You know, I'm a comedian, who, which is a, you know, a nocturnal existence, and uh, I kind of saw myself like many of my friends, uh, you know, single and uh, enjoying this kind of inward, almost uh, narcissistic existence. And then I married this woman who's a Shiite Catholic, and she <laughs> we got married, and we had five kids, and she's the most fertile woman on and the planet. How, how extreme do you have to be to be a Shiite Catholic? Well, I joke. I mean, she's she's a devout Catholic, which is yeah, Jeannie, and she is you know her mom's like really Catholic. She already got early admissions to heaven, you know, like the letter came and everything. But my wife is there's no goalie. Can you tell if the interviewer uh, actually knows that he's joking or not? She's smiling, but I mean, I would be cracking. How could you straight faced interview this guy? So tell me about your wife's conversion to Shia. Does she get her burqa at the Catholic supply store? <laughs> Birth control, no nothing. You have five children. Yes, yes. And I haven't talked to her in an hour, so there could be more. Okay, so I'd love to know what dinner is like at the Gaffigan home. Five little kids. It's like eating with orangutans. You know, half of them don't know how to sit in a chair. And then some of them, you know, miss their face. Like, babies are really bad at 80, you know. But it's fun. It's, I mean, I think it's uh, eating with someone is a very intimate thing. And so I relish it. And I'm lucky that being a comedian, I can eat with my kids and then go out and do stand-up after they go to bed. So favorite dishes for five children? Fa favorite, favorite meals at the Gaffigan home? Well, I, well, I want to know what, what's a favorite dish in the Wolfmuller home with four kids? Uh, yeah, mostly pizza. And they're, they're, my children are required to like pizza. Oh, okay. Now, this is a thing, though. You know, um, I remember when uh, we were expecting Isaac, our fourth, and everybody looked at us like, uh, uh, are you guys okay? <laughs> like it's some... This is one of the this is one of the marks of our modern society that often goes unnoticed, but I think is important to talk about, is that um, the large family, which was normal for all of humanity and also considered good, you know, this is the, the more children you have, the better... That all of a sudden in the modern era, it's a, it's a despised sort of thing. And in the church, this should not be. And we should not let that way of worldly thinking affect um, our, own, our own thinking and our own talking. We should extol these large families. And I, for one, am glad, you know, Tim Caffigan, he's a public kind of guy, but, uh, and that he's, you know, he's talking about having a, a large, I mean, maybe five is on the edge of medium size to large. I don't think four is yet large yet. Uh -huh. uh, a medium-sized family, but the, and talking but the, about it in public. Yeah, but the assumption Good. is that if um, if you had that many kids, it must be religiously motivated, which I don't know if that's true, but I mean, it, it, it is countercultural, right? That is. All right. It is. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio right after this, and then we have a surprise for our listeners at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Always looking forward to the surprise. It's a movement. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
Is that an Oregon song? No. It says, uh, I think it grows in Oregon. Well, tell you what, it grows in Colorado, too, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Ah, I know what okay. it's talking about. Yeah. Hops. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so um, we are listening to an uh, interview. What are we doing? Why? <laughs> Hey, you know, I was th- this interesting thing because I'm also a stand-up comedian, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, how's your tour going? No, I, yeah, I, it went so well that I started the school. Remember the school of hilarity, where every joke is explained. Yeah, could you explain all these jokes because <clears throat> the interviewer definitely isn't laughing. Here. <laughs> the the uh, the interesting thing I think about stand-up comedy now, most stand-up comedy is horrible. I mean, you can't like two seconds into it and you're like, ah, I need. Uh, you know, I need a, a Q-tip, and I got to clean out my ears <laughs> from all this filth. You feel dirty. That does. You know happen. what I'm yeah. talking? I mean, you, mm-hmm. Carrie and I went to a comedy show. We're like, hey, there was a TV comedian. And we're like, ah, oh, this guy would be funny. And he gets there, and it's first thing out of his mouth after you know a number of of bad words were. You guys didn't think I was going to be as censored as I am on the TV. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had, the, I, I had a similar experience. I think like on our fourth or fifth date, Mandy and I went to a comedy club. But I knew this, so what I did is I looked up, okay, who are the comedians going to be there? And then I watched like 10 minutes of their YouTube videos making sure. And their jokes weren't, you know, terrible. So I thought, okay, this might work. And we get there, and like, I don't know if it's like the owner or, I mean, there's a guy that took our money at the door. So it was like the bouncer or something. He gets up on stage, and I thought he's just going to introduce the comedians. He goes off for 20 minutes, and his stuff was horrible. And so we got up and left. So that was a great success for a, uh, a fifth Yeah, date. that's right. <laughs> I, you, so Jim Gaffigan now stands as an exception to this. Uh, and there's a couple other guys, you know, that they are intentionally clean. And they are the funniest. Uh, uh, well, because it guys. takes more skill to be funny and not just kind of say you know, tell sexual jokes all the time. Right, that's right. Now, um, but but uh, the comedy, the point of the stand-up comedy, I think this is really interesting, is that if you, the picture, the icon of the stand-up comic is just a microphone. You know, the microphone on a microphone stand standing on an empty stage. And that and that's, there's really something there. Uh, every other kind of art form and spoken art and music and everything else involves props, involves, narr- involves story. But in, when it's comedy, it's just you. And you're standing there, and in some ways, then I think that there is um, there is a connection between comedy and preaching, because the the temptation is always to add props. You know, you add stuff in. You're always trying to be, but but uh, it's the stand up comedy. Ironically, stand up comedy and preaching are kind of the only two places where the where this is left. Maybe political speeches. Uh, but probably not, uh, you know. Uh, so, so I think it's interesting to pay attention to the comedians who at least can can capture your attention and say something without, um, you know, without making you break the sixth commandment by just listening to them. <laughs> True. Um, so a little bit more about uh, Jimmy Gaffigan. I, it's it's interesting when he starts talking about um, his religion and his. I think this is going to tell us a little bit about uh, perception of God. Uh, particularly as a Roman Catholic. So let's let's listen just a little bit more, and then we'll move on to the great surprise. Okay, here here's Jim Gaffigan. Your wife being a Shiite Catholic. Yeah, what that's hilarious. Catholic are you? Are you? What does your faith life mean to you? Well, I'm definitely Catholic, and I, you know, it's weird because you know, being a comedian that even believes in God is, 
saying that is the equivalent of like being gay in the 50s. It's, <laughs> it's just very strange. And people are like, okay, because it's, it's kind of inconsistent Stop. with <laughs> the spirit of a comedian. That's not to say that it's Don't um, you think God incompatible. Can God has a great sense of humor. You oh, absolutely. I'm talking about the perception among my peers. I grew up very much a secular Catholic, you know, a cultural Catholic. I didn't really know what it was. I, you know, I was supposed to do the Hail Mary before every football game as a captain, and I didn't know it. But, uh, so I'd be like, Hail Mary, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> but I do think that, at least in the United States, there is this culture war that... I find very annoying. I don't want to be on a team. I just want to like have my own kind of experience, and I don't want to subject it on somebody else. So where did it? Switch? Now let me let me. I have a little comment. I I kind of see what he means as far as this. Um, I don't want to be on a team. I, I I can see maybe what he's trying to say would be, um, look, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be who I am and go do my vocation. In this case, my vocation is a comedian. It doesn't have to be that I'm representing Catholic. It doesn't have to be that I'm representing, or I'm going to, you know, cross over the line and be, you know, uh, kind of a atheist type uh, perspective. He's just like I want to be the dad and the churchgoer that I am and do my vocation, you know. And and it seems like I I can kind of see what he means because um, a lot of times people want you to kind of represent. Oh, you're you're in the public square, and you know, I mean, how often do we? Do we find out so and so is Missouri Synod Lutheran? It's like, oh, look at this person; he's Missouri Synod Lutheran. That's and they're right. In the public and they're a politician or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <a> journalist. <laughs> I mean, we we want we want our faith or whatever thing we're a part of to be represented in the public square, right? And I think that he goes against that, but but maybe and more. He's, and yeah. you know, and you're trying to you're trying to be collected for the for the cause, you know. And yeah. now you are the great you know, the great Catholic comedian where he just wants to be. Now, now here's something is, you you know, we, we live in such a time of the, of the great worldview divide that the, the three great worldviews of Islam and, and Christianity and secularism are so opposed to one another that the art and the, and the culture and the, even the jokes that come out of those different worldviews are going to be different. And the you know the the journalism the 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 observations the interacting with the world the business ideas the creativity that come out of those different worldviews are going to look different from each other so it's true we need more Christian uh, comedians and more Christian journalists and more Christian politicians I'm just and wondering it's going to be that a, that worldview is going to is going to affect it I'm just wondering what a Muslim comedian sounds like what kind of worldview <laughs> that. I don't. Th- I didn't say we need more Muslim comedians. I didn't I? say you did. You know, I'm just saying that this, you said that three worldviews and there's comedians in those worldviews. I'm just wondering. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna. We'll look do for some that. research on that. <laughs> okay, a little bit more. If it, if you grew up a secular yeah. Catholic and now God is very important to you, where did it switch? I think it was definitely my wife, but there's also you know the notion of mercy is something that. I need a lot of, you know what I mean? So it's like the logic around uh, my spirituality or faith is like, it, it makes perfect sense to me. But if I even articulate it, it loses some of its power. I mean, I don't, I don't mind the fact that my tweets are, sometimes churches will use them as an example and sometimes atheist groups will use them as, a, as an example because... 
All that matters is what I was meaning by it. Okay. <laughs> he is kind of a postmodern Catholic. <laughs> there, that's that that actually is pro- probably a part of our Catholic theology uh, that we that we have to interact with nowadays. Is this that there's no kind of clear articulation of the doctrine? Mm. You know. So when he says um, uh, that his, his grace loses its power when it's articulated. Um, he's probably not far off of actually uh, Catholic teaching there. We would, of course, completely disagree with that because grace is the, the articulation of the cross of Jesus. But um, but it's fascinating that so he'll he'll recognize a need for mercy. I mean, so so why be a Catholic? Well, okay, sure, I married my wife, but it's just like I look around and I I'm I'm a miserable failure <laughs> in the stations in life that I so so there's. An acknowledgement of uh, this is what I need, um, but yet then to say that uh, once I articulate God's mercy, it loses its power. Um, whereas I think we would understand God delivers His mercy through that articulation. It is through the Word right. of God, which is Christ Himself. That's right. That's right. Now the other, uh, I think the other thing that's interesting is most people see the Catholic Church as the place of no mercy, you know, mm. uh, mm-hmm. the place of no grace. Uh, you, if you want to be bound up to the law, you go to the Catholic Church, and if you want to be free, you know, to live how you want to live, then you become a not Catholic. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that, maybe they've made it, to... made that bed for themselves, huh? And historically, mm-hmm. yep, yep, I think so. Well, both. It's been both the Catholic Church hasn't helped, and the misinterpretation of the Catholic Church hasn't helped at all. But I, it is good. This is something that you know the Lutherans should say. Hey, why, you know, why why are you a Lutheran? Well, because of God's grace. I mean, God's grace got me in here, and God's grace in Christ is what is what I need most of all. That's what drives me to the church. Uh, I can get the law anywhere, but mm-hmm. the go- I come here for the gospel. Yeah, ah, well said. Well, um, we are coming up already on our second break, believe it or not. Eesh. But um, after that, we're going to be playing some Name That Church Body. And then, uh, I. so this is the game where um, Pastor Wolfman reads something from a church. You have a church body there? And then I do. He's, he's going to read some beliefs, and then I have the task of trying to guess what church body he is speaking of. We'll be playing that when we get back uh, on Table Talk Radio. During the break, check out our website, tabletalkradio.org, and we have a beautiful golden yellow button there that says Donate right on top of it. If you'd consider supporting um, our work here at Table Talk Radio to help cover our expenses, this counts as work? App- Okay, our if you would help support our mediocrity, <laughs> then uh, we would greatly appreciate it. We'll be right back. Oh, You're listening man. to Table Talk Radio. Talk Radio. You won't find a better show out there unless you try. Hey, whatever happened to our Muppets? Uh, oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. 
Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. I don't even know why we have bumper music when we have Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah. I don't know either. Anyway, um, so we have something new and exciting for our listener. You want to tell us about? We got this an email from Annabelle, who's from England. <clears throat> Dear Table Talkers, oh no, just a <laughs> just a quick missive from a listener in England. Does that? I, I, I have a no, hard time. You know good. this difference between England and Australia. You know, it's kind I mean, of the same. I, in I'm fact, basically all of your accents are pretty an, much the same. an expert uh, at dialects, you know. Uh, anyhow, just a quick missive from a listener in England saying how much I enjoy your show and suggesting more interviews would be welcome. In other words, less of you guys. <laughs> she does not say that. Okay, okay. Your archive shows that initially you did quite a few, and I, for one, really enjoy them. Best wish, best wishes, Annabelle. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so um, I don't know what this has to do with what we're announcing, but apparently... No, it doesn't have anything to do with it at all, except for the fact that I, I'm trying to figure out how to do some more uh, table scraps, which we should do. One of the things, it was easier to do interviews when you were there in your dorm room at the seminary. The, I don't think that's true. Second of all, oh, I see, because there's faculty already on campus. Yeah, yeah, people yeah, just come true. around it. It's classy up in here. That's true. But um, you, sir, want to do interviews just like on your phone. Like, hey, right. hey, Warren, what are you doing? Mind if I hit record? And then you hit like sure. with your Google Voice button, like star nine or whatever it is. And then it's recording and it sounds terrible. And you expect okay, me to okay. make it sound good. All right. Hey, fine. We're working easy. on the technical stuff. But we got another idea, <laughs> Annabelle. Your, uh, your email gave us a totally different idea. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> Which a... is this. We failed at this one time, which means we ought to do it again, and right. that is to have listeners participate in the games of Table Talk Radio. This was, now, in fact, the original idea of Table Talk Radio, right? Wasn't it? Way back in the beginning. Uh, yep, that's right. So we, uh, the idea here is um, if you would like to be a participant in one of our games, like name that what do we play games? Je- Table like Jeopardy, name that church body, law and or gospel, or anything like that you want to play. You can call our number, which is yes. on our website, maybe? <laughs> no. And, uh, and press the three button and leave your name and your phone number and a game you'd like to play. We have to we'll check with accountability. And also two or three reasons why you would be interesting and would add to the show, or maybe just one reason. Yeah. Or maybe a reason why you wouldn't actually detract from the show or something like that. You gotta you gotta sell yourself a little bit. You gotta make the case for being a guest. And we're gonna get those and then we'll Evan, I'm sure, will probably be doing all the work and he'll call you up and see if we can work out the time and have you and you can come on the show come on the show, dear listener, and play the games. And I think we're gonna try to do it kind of like a Hollywood Squares kind of thing. So maybe we'll play Bible B and I'll guess and then you have to guess if I'm right or wrong. And then if we win together, you win a gift. Is that true? Yeah. Or am I just so making stuff up Give us, here? Give us the number. Uh, 1-800-SOLA. There's got to be other numbers in there. 1-888-475-SOLA. Stop, stop, stop. 1-877-928-EXECUTIVE-SESSION. The real number is 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-7652. And then uh, it'll be option number three. So if you want to, if you want to play in the game, uh, or if you have bumper stickers or church signs, you can hit number two or other comments as well. Okay, that, you're out of executive session. Uh, would you know how close I was to the number? 
Yeah, I you mean, were granted, way if you're off. one number off, you're, I guess you're, it doesn't matter how close does not count <laughs> in close. phone numbers. But I was close. I was in the realm. <laughs> you got the first three digits right. <laughs> one eight. I got the one and the eight. You can't even if you're dialing on your cell phone, you can't dial the one. The other day, I'm like, how come I can't call this number? What do you mean you can't dial the one? You, you can't, can't on the cell phone. It's it just takes it out. You don't. Yeah. No. Well, you can't. I don't know what it, it does. It's but not I like the one isn't the one, there. The one is there. You can push it. It's. I mean, I don't know what you're saying. I know there's a one on my phone, but if you call the 800 number from your cell phone, I don't think you're supposed to use the one. I don't think. You I don't know. I'll have Lumpy to. look you into it. <laughs> you don't have to use the one, but you can use the one. It's it's Adiaphora. You it's know, a, it's <laughs> It's an Adiaphora one. Okay, okay, so we're gonna play a little. Name that church body and Pastor oh, Wilson there has this. I got two. I got two, by the way. Oh, I got a doctrinal statement. Uh, let's see name, purpose, doctrine, and tenets. And I think that means tenets, not like who lives in the house, but tenets like things we do. Would it be a giveaway uh, if I opened up this email? Uh, no, if as long as you don't click the link. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, because this is submitted by a listener Christopher who says, Pastors, here's an entry for. Name that church body. Okay, I know Chris, and he's Blessings. not from England. <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> or Australia, or whatever that terrible we, accent if you is. Move, what, Chris, well, see, look, when you move from England to the United States, they change <laughs> Christopher into Chris. It's automatic. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> okay, ready? Uh, oh, here's your options. Uh, Holy Scripture, the Godhead, total depravity of man, the person and work of Christ, the personality and work of the Holy Spirit, salvation. Okay, total depravity of man. Okay, let's see. Total depravity. It's your favorite topic anyways. We believe that man was created in the image and likeness of God, but that in Adam's sin, the race fell, inherited a sinful nature, became alienated from God, and is totally unable to retrieve his lost condition. Okay, I don't so think that means what they think it means. Unable to retrieve your lost condition. It's like, man, I wish I had my lost condition back. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. So it means lost condition, not like lostedness, like fallenness, but lost, which means the condition that we had before the fall. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Gotcha. So we, uh, that's true. We are unable to retrieve our lost condition. Okay, so this is already putting me on the tracks of thinking of some kind of a Reformed or Calvinist group, uh, because there's a lot of people who talk about original sin but the Calvinists always want to talk about it in terms of total depravity, so their tulips still work. Um, so I'm thinking along the lines of, of a Calvinist church body, but I'm going to need some more to try and diagnose that further. So give me the categories again. Um, Holy Scripture, Godhead, total depravity, man, personal work of Christ, personality, work of the Holy Spirit, salvation, church. Whoa, whoa, whoa slow uh, down, slow down. Okay, uh, read them again from person and work of Christ. Person and work of Christ. The po- personality and work of the Holy Spirit, salvation, eternal security do, of believers. Um, so I, I kind of want to go for personal work of Christ, but I don't think that's going to give me anything. How about the Holy Spirit? Do the Holy Spirit. Okay, hold on a minute. Uh, <clears throat> where does it go? Aha. Personality work of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Holy Spirit is a person who convicts the world of sin, indwells all believers in the present age, baptizes them into the body of Christ, hmm. seals them unto the day of redemption, and that it is the duty of every be- every believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Interesting. Okay, so um, so far I'm still tracking with my, my Calvinist guests because uh, we have talked about uh, baptism being a seal. I think, I think that's what you said, isn't it? Um, uh-huh. Read that part again. Uh, 
uh, uh, oh, sorry, I'm in the wrong spot. We believe the Holy Spirit is a person who convicts the world of sin, indwells believers in the present age, baptizes them into the body of Christ, seals them onto the day of redemption. Oh, okay. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know how um, the Reformed will always talk about baptism not actually uh, being regenerative itself, but it's a sign or a seal. Um, now, that language makes me think that they're not quite saying the same thing that I thought they were. But it could still work. That now the thing that I think is really interesting about what you just read is the the duty of every Christian to be filled with the Holy Spirit or something like that. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's interesting. That I mean, it seems like a bit of a contradiction from the first thing you said. That I'm completely lost, yet it is my duty. I mean, I guess you could say it's the duty of the of the those who've been regenerated. Um, but still, that's odd, you know, to say that we are completely lost, but once we are converted, it's my duty to fill myself with the Holy Spirit. I mean, wouldn't the Holy Spirit be the actor to fill me rather than my duty? So the word duty is really throwing me off. Duty is a law word, <laughs> and um, that that's really... Do your duty. Yeah. Okay, um, give me the categories again. Maybe start at the okay. bottom and go up, huh? Uh, spiritual gifts, spirituality, sovereignty, church ordinances, responsibility of believers, eternal state, uh, second coming of Christ. Okay, so um, the things that are going to be interesting to me are the ordinances, because I suspect that's what they're going to be talking about with the sacraments, what we call the sacraments. Um, the other thing that would be interesting to talk about was a different one that you said that I can't remember. So let's go with ordinances. <laughs> All right. Uh, Church ordinances. We believe that the Lord Jesus Christ instituted the Lord's Supper to be observed until his return. Is that all it says? (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't actually talk. Matthew 28. It doesn't say anything about that Lord's Supper? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Okay. Man. Boy, I'm kind of struggling because... There were, there's definitely some reform flavors in this. However, there's some things that aren't quite matching up with that. Um, and it has to be odd enough or unusual enough for our friend Chris to email it in, or Christopher, to email it in, right? So, hmm. I'm going to take this next break to think about it. Is there anything else you want to tell oh, me about yeah? this church body when we go uh, to this no. break? No, that's all you get. Are you sure there's nothing else? Okay. Wait. <laughs> if you want to play a game and, and look as... Um, clueless as I do right now, you can play, or you can call. <laughs> you, you can play by calling 1 800 385 SOLA, 1 800 385 7652. We need to take a break, but we'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio right after this. Don't go away. We'll be right back. In a recent survey, 98% of listeners can't stand Table Talk Radio. We would like to express our gratitude to those who did not participate in the study. 
Martin Luther says that the most common idol in all of the world is the idol of money, that we trust in it, that we fear losing it, that we think that because we have it, we're secure. Here at Table Talk Radio, we have the solution for this idolatry. Click the Donate Now button on our website, and you will support the ongoing efforts of Table Talk Radio to spread this word of God throughout the world. Table Talk Radio is listener-supported. If you would like to help with the financial needs of Table Talk Radio, just click the Donate button on our website tabletalkradio.org Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are playing the game Name That Church Body. Pastor Wolfenler has given me three clues. One on the depravity of man, another one on the work of the Holy Spirit, and the third on the ordinances. Is there one that's separated talking about the Lord's Supper specifically? Mm. Wow, okay. Yeah, I'll take one more if you're going to give it. Um, read them again. <laughs> How about spirituality? Okay, spirituality. We believe that spirituality is an absolute condition in the life of a believer in this dispensation wherein he is filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit, walking in love and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that spirituality is distinct from maturity, that a believer becomes carnal through an act of mental, verbal, or overt sin, and that spirituality, fellowship with Christ, is restored solely by a personal confession of that sin to God the Father. Hmm. Boy, so... um Okay, so one of the key key words that stuck out at me on that one was um, dispensation. So obviously we're going to be dealing with some kind of a dispensational premillennialist or something like that, um, which which finds some uh, probably in in some kind of a Baptist church perhaps. Um, this could be where you have a a recognition of the depravity of man, which is left over from the reform days, but then everything else is pretty much man centered which would fit with the um, work of the Holy Spirit section you read. The The other thing I noticed, and this is what I was going to say before that I forgot, was it's interesting that they have a section on spiritual gifts, um, which tells me that they have either, either kind of utilize or make practice the um, practices given by the charismatic movement, or that they fought against that and wanted to defend themselves against it. Um I'm going or, to uh, here. Hey, I'll I'll tell you. I'll read you that one. That's interesting. Okay. We believe the Holy Spirit, in grace and apart from human merit, sovereignty bestows spiritual gifts to believers in this dispensation. Some of the permanent spiritual gifts which exist today are pastor, teacher, evangelist, missionary, and administrator. <laughs> we further believe that the temporary spiritual gifts ceased with the completion of the canon of Scripture, and these were apostleship, prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues, healing, and the working of miracles. Any member practicing these temporary gifts shall be subject to immediate dismissal. Okay, so that tells me that they have had this issue in their past and are trying to def- uh, that, <laughs> defend that, themselves. That's the last it. line of this statement of belief. Way to end on a high note. <laughs> that is interesting. Okay, um, I'm I'm going to have to say. So you still have this kind of they're not this kind of loosey goosey anything goes type of a church either. So you have this. Um, you know, we take some things seriously, and in particular, the things that we take seriously is someone speaking in tongues or something like this. I'm, I'm gonna, I don't know what branch or anything, but I'm gonna say some form of a Baptist church. Now, 
Oh. Is wrong. You're wrong about that. Now, the name of the church is Berachach Church. I should have Houston, known that. Texas. I, I, now, I opened so many. I opened so many tabs that my Google Chrome is now stalled because it. I think that this. Uh, just looking at this, I, I was searching for these phrases in other church, and uh, there's a ton of churches uh, that. Um, that have this same exact statement of faith. Hmm. Uh, a lot. I mean, I just searched for a phrase, you know, and it would open up 20 different churches that had that exact same phrase in their statement of faith. So this so statement this, of faith comes from somewhere else. Is this statement of but faith I couldn't plagiarism? There's a there's a copyright section on this website. I, I expect the, the, I expect your statement of faith to be ex corde. <laughs> Instead of ex libelous. I think this is an ex levelist statement of faith that is just a kind of standard boilerplate Bible church. Here's what we believe. Although that last part, anyone pra- anyone speaking in tongues is going to be kicked out immediately, does seem like it has got a little. There's a story behind that one, you know. Yeah. Well, do you have another one? I'll I'll try again. Yeah, but Google Chrome is not responding. Oh, oh, interesting. <laughs> well, you can just export a uh, church body's beliefs to me. <laughs> I just make one up. Okay. I think that's what most of these guys do. What that makes for good radio. <laughs> okay, uh, here this is a confession. So now we're not looking at. This is a, this is kind of nice though. So, um, so here's the chapters: Chapter One, Holy Scripture; Chapter Two, Being and Attributes of God; Chapter Three, Divine Government and Providence; Chapter Four, Creation, Primitive State of Man, and His Fall. Chapter 5 of Christ, chapter 6 of the Holy Spirit, chapter 7, the atonement and mediation of Christ, 8, the gospel call, 9, repentance, 10, faith, 11, regeneration. The gospel call, go. Okay. The call of the gospel is coextensive with the atonement to all men, both by the word and the strivings of the Spirit, so that salvation is rendered equally possible to all. And if any fail of eternal life, the fault is wholly their own. And that is in italics. Boy, that I don't sounds... know why none of the rest of this is in italics. But... So that sounds pretty good. Um, so here you have that uh, atonement is extended to all men. So th- here we have universal atonement. It's not that Christ didn't just die for the elect, those who've been chosen, but it's uh, to all men, Christ died for all. And and this is extended through the gospel call, through the word of God. Um, so that's good. That's in fact, I think um, that sounds pretty Lutheran so far. And to make it even better, that if someone, um, if someone is damned going to hell, it's not because of the fault of God, but it is rather the fault of man who rejects this good gift. So, so far I'm liking what I hear. Now give me some more chapters. Okay, faith, regeneration, justification, How about regeneration? Okay. As man is a fallen and sinful being, he must be regenerated in order to obtain salvation. This change is an instantaneous renewal of the heart by the Holy Spirit, whereby the penitent sinner receives new life, becomes a child of God, and disposed to serve him. This is called in Scripture being born again, born of the Spirit, being quickened, passing from death unto life, and a partaking of divine nature. Okay, so I like everything I heard still. Um, 
I like that we have this instant talk, so it's not this kind of progressive um, idea that I become a Christian uh, through discipleship or some of this nonsense. Um, also, we have this talk about being born again, and it's rightly connected to the point of regeneration. Uh, whereas some Christians like to talk about this in the context of some kind of a spiritual experience, it's possible that someone would be a Christian but yet not be born again because they haven't had a particular experience, that's also nonsense. Um, so this points to an instant point of regeneration that is the work of the Holy Spirit, not um, not the individual. It does still talk about the sinner being repentant, and this is the point of uh, being born again. I would have liked this, if I'm, if I'm still kind of tracking this to maybe be a Lutheran source, I would have liked this to talk about baptism at some point, so that bor- being born again is connected to baptism, like what Jesus says in John chapter 3. Um, but aside from that, I'm still liking it. So maybe chap- the third chapter, or the first, the third entry you give me, will be the thing that kind of sells it. So give me some more chapters. Yeah, ma- how about on baptism? But we have this, the perseverance of the saints, the Sabbath, the church, gospel ministry, Uh-oh. ordinances of the gospel, um, let's death hear, in an immediate state. Let's hear perseverance of the saints. There are strong grounds to hope that the truly regenerate will persevere under the end and be saved through the power of divine grace which is pledged for their support. But their future obedience and final salvation are neither determined nor certain, since through infirmity and manifold temptations they are in danger of falling, and they ought therefore to watch and pray lest they make shipwreck of faith and be lost. Okay, so... um... I like that too. So I, when you read the title "Perseverance of the Saints," I thought it was going to say, "Oh yeah, you can't lose your salvation." But this is saying, "Look, there's a wonderful hope, but the hope is in the gospel. It's in the in the in the gospel promises." Now, should a person walk away from those promises, then the promise is no longer there for them. I mean, I I, I want to correct that. The promise is there, but it, but it's received by faith. So if you don't actually believe the promise, the promise does you no good. Um, so again, I didn't hear anything. I would, if we had time, which we don't, I would have liked to hear the one on baptism. So going off of what I heard, I don't know. I, I, I can't even venture a guess. So I give up. What is, what is it? <laughs> this is when we should have a listener playing along. This comes from the Confession of the Free Will Baptists, oh, 1834. No. <laughs> Let's hear that one on baptism. <laughs> This is the immersion of believers in water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in which are represented the burial and resurrection of Christ, the death of Christians to the world, the washing of their souls from the pollution of sins, their rising to newness of life, their engagement to serve God, and their resurrection at the last day. I should have done that one. (laughs) All right. You threw off because you picked all of the things in here that were the anti-Calvinist ones. That's true. All right. That's all the time we have. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like, uh, the more provocative your prayers are when they are ex libellus. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. <laughs> you did not Table get Talk that Radio <laughs> is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Hey, if you don't Side say it by the time the voice man headache, starts talking, it's over. Hallucinations, an aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, ball was still in the hand with the buzzer went off. Tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the cabalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.